Welcome and thank you for joining us for the NABIP Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Benefits and Insurance Professionals. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. The podcast is distributed on these platforms every Friday and is included in NABIP's weekly member-exclusive health policy newsletter, The Washington Update, giving you a head start on your healthcare happy hour. Health insurance professionals who work in the employer market are acutely aware of health reimbursement arrangements, also known as HRAs, and how they work. However, the world of individual coverage HRAs, or ICRAs, is a relatively new form of coverage that employers and brokers alike are still learning how to utilize effectively. On this week's episode of the Healthcare Happy Hour, sponsored by Remodel Health, I am joined by Justin Clements, co-founder and chief ICRA officer, Travis Hall, vice president of marketing, and John Stile, director of outreach, to discuss how applicable large employers can utilize ICRAs, tailoring ICRAs for various employee classes, broader potential of ICRAs for different types of reimbursements, and how the family glitch fits into all of this. So, before we get into it, would you mind introducing yourselves and Remodel Health as a whole? Yeah. Hey, thank you. This is Justin Clements. As you stated, I am co-founder of Remodel Health and Chief ICRA Officer. Remodel Health was started back in 2015, long before ICRAs. I'll give a little bit about my background at United Healthcare, working with brokers across the country and uh, where I picked up a, a love for broker distribution and how we're applying that same love and care to ICRAs today. But I'm here joined with Travis Hall and John Staub as well. I'll let them introduce themselves. This is John Staub, Director of Outreach, and yeah, grateful to help share the knowledge of ICRA today. And this is Travis Hall. I'm the VP of Marketing. Really excited to be on the, the podcast today as we dive into ICRAs and as we are seeing the adoption across the nation. And uh, my background has really been a part of actually in small business. And so I've been a part of 11 different startup companies where we've worked in the software industry, and we're excited to be on this podcast today and share some insights of what we're seeing. As regards to Remodel Health as a whole, as one of the co-founders, along with Scott Lingle, we both came from United Healthcare. I worked at United Healthcare in their individual line of business back before the Affordable Care Act. That company is called Golden Rule Insurance. Back way back when, when individual health was actually medically underwritten. And as we all know, the Affordable Care Act changed individual plans to where they're now mirroring from Affordable Care Act requirements, the same type of coverage that group plans have. So the 10 essential health benefits, guaranteed issue, the whole nine yards. So Scott Lingle was the VP, was the boss over there. And him and I started Remodel Health together back in 2015, really because we got excited about a lot of reports that we were reading, trends we were seeing, a couple other startups in the space they were excited about this potential shift of groups adopting individual plans for their employees and different different manners, different ways to do that. There was some comments and regulations provided by the IRS that allowed for that to be done, but not in a pre-tax manner. Scott and I 
really excited about a big report Deloitte put out back around 2013 that referenced the the opportunity or the potential shift of employers into the group market. Fast forward to 2019-2020, the ICHRA really has accelerated that, especially for large employers, over 50 ALEs. And that's really where we've leaned into at Remodel Health. We are a great fit for 50 to 500, and we have a very enticing value proposition to broker partners to make sure that everyone's a winner in that transition, to make sure that the employees have a, a great experience. We're very tech-driven, but we are also very consultative, very hands-on, and provide what we call a white glove service to make sure that everyone is cared for really well. And that's that's kind of our niche is really working with brokers to provide a great experience for the employer and the employees and making sure that the broker is compensated as well. All right. So it sounds like I'm talking to the right people about ICRAs. So let's dive into ICRAs. And for those who are listening who are not intimately familiar with them, they're not quite as straightforward as traditional HRAs. So would you mind providing a brief explanation as to what ICRAs are and how they're used? Yeah, happy to. This is Travis here. And really at the basic level of ICRAs is what we're talking about is we're taking typical group health plans and then we're putting people on individual plans. And it's pretty easy, but obviously there's there's some nuts and bolts that are under the hood. And much like it that we, we think about, oh no, we're breaking apart group plans, but what we're actually doing is we're actually providing more people to have health benefits. And at the end of the day, it's basically individual health insurance premiums and other medical expenses that are reimbursed by the employees or employers. And so what we like to do about this is this really gives the freedom of choice to a lot of the employees. And so I, I mentioned earlier uh, in uh, the podcast that I've been a part of over different 11 different startup companies, and we're always looking for new innovative ways in order how to attract employees. One of those was actually a really popular food delivery app. And what we did was everybody wanted to give them the freedom of choice. And what we looked at in the market, like if everybody as a family is coming together and like, man, what do I want to eat today? And everybody's like, you know what? I, we're, everybody wants to do Italian or maybe somebody wants to do Mexican. But really what we was been helpful in the market is you take a look at a company like Cheesecake Factory. They have a plethora of menu options. And so that's why the success of Cheesecake Factory is really taken off because people are able to go and your family, everybody gets to eat what they want. And similar to an ICRA, so basically having individual health insurance, being able to be reimbursed by employers to be able to contribute back to the employees. And so it can be broken up in many different ways, but this is something that's really exciting for us and the kind of the basic levels. So we've mentioned ALEs a few times now. So for those of our listeners who have ALEs as clients, I'm sure their ears perked. So how exactly are ICRAs suited for ALEs? Great question. This is John over here at Remodel Health. ALEs, applicable large employers, have a mandate on them that came from the Affordable Care Act. This means over 50 full-time equivalents. And if you know, you know. This is a very difficult mandate to fulfill for certain organizations. The simplest way to fulfill the ALE mandate has been to simply provide one of those traditional group plans that has minimum value. That's, that's the goal there. But 
the IRS has actually provided alternative solutions of fulfilling that ALE mandate in the past. And we had consistently over the years seen employers even looking at simply paying the shared responsibility in the past because they couldn't afford that group coverage anymore. Now enter individual coverage HRAs. And one of the main ways that they were designed was as a new way to fulfill that large employer mandate. The mechanism that it fulfills the mandate is through the IRS affordability calculation. And we don't have enough time to go into what that specifically is. NABIP's got some wonderful podcasts on that particular topic, so make sure and look it up. That said, as you design an ICRA for the IRS affordability, you are fulfilling the ALE mandate. What we have found is that oftentimes when you analyze the numbers, many times for large employers, ICRA has become more and more one of the most effective, cost-effective ways of fulfilling the ALE mandate. Yeah, I'll add to that just a little bit, John as their ears probably perked up because they have some large groups over 50 that have some issues and maybe they can't afford the next rate increase that may or may not be likely coming as people are aware the the COVID pandemic, that whole pandemic really suppressed claims for a while. So there are anticipated high rate increases coming. And for those groups that are getting a rate increase that they can't afford, ICRAs are a great solution. And there's three big reasons for that what I call the three no's for ICRAs, what employers love to hear is that there's no penalty. They get you out of the penalty, no participation requirement. There are no, there is not one group providing participation requirements, no one carrier. And then last is no risk for the employer. So no penalty, no participation requirements. And finally, no more risk for that large employer and they're not on the hook for claims or their rates won't go up because of the experience of their group alone. So that ACA requirement is a great reason as to why ICRAs are suited for applicable large employers. Are ICRAs only applicable to ALEs or would they also apply to other employer types? Great question. We are really grateful for the way that ALEs have taken up ICRA as a solution to the mandate. However, the HRA Council data, and I know they've been on this podcast as well, the HRA Council data year over year is actually showing an incredible growth in the under 50, the non-ALE market as well. So this is not just something that's growing tremendously year over year for ALEs, but it also is serving smaller clients as well. And so we're really grateful how it's helping small businesses and large businesses alike. So are there certain classes of employee that ICRAs are best suited to? Well, that's a great question. We've seen many classes and many different types of employers use ICRAs and leverage ICRAs. As your listeners probably know, there are 11 total classes that can be leveraged and they can, you can leverage multiple classes. For example, you could pick a geography and hourly and part-time and create a class with those three. And so there's really just so many different variations of classes you can make up. But I'll just tell you, for your listeners, some of the most popular classes is the hourly and salary class. So for example, you might have an executive team at a company that is salary, 
And then you might have a large workforce that is hourly. And what you can do there is you can provide more reimbursement or richer benefits for one class uh, and then a different arrangement or different reimbursement for the other class. And that is very useful for employers to attract and retain the type of workforce and talent they need and still maintain their budget. Beyond which employers and employee classes are best suited for ICRAs, I also mentioned earlier at the top of the podcast that ICRAs can be used for different reimbursement, more than one would think. So would you mind reviewing the expanding ICRA reimbursement options? The great thing about ICRAs is that they're able not only to be able to be reimbursed on the insurance premiums, but also on qualified medical expenses. And so that really helps out your employees uh, quite a bit especially as you know, we are able to do this in the group side, but right now on the individual side, since the ACA, this really opens up the market to be able to help their employees. So think about it this way. An employer has somebody on staff that really needs some help out with some medical expenses. And this is being able to help them go above and beyond and be able to potentially even help some of their employees get out of medical bankruptcy. So as we all know, we want to make sure that it's a great selling feature for this and be able to provide them more flexibility out in the marketplace to protect them, not only employees, but uh, employers to continue to retain that top talent. Let's go back to the family glitch for a second, because you just mentioned the family glitch a few minutes ago. Thankfully, the family glitch was quote unquote fixed by regulation last year. But prior to that, it was a significant legislative priority for NAVIP. So can you explain how the family glitch relates to this conversation about ICRAs? Yeah, I'd be happy to. The family glitch has been an issue since the beginning of the Affordable Care Act, and there are some really great episodes. Please be sure to subscribe to the NABIT podcast. I've learned so much about the way that change has come about, so thank you on behalf of all the listeners. That said, the solve for the family glitch has been able to be paired with ICRA in a really special way. The fact that families can now, separate from the person, the employee at the organization, that family, if they are not given affordable coverage from the employer of that employee in the family, they're able to go out and get subsidies on the individual marketplace, on the exchange. And the reason why this is exciting is because many times employers who indeed want to help families of their employees, but simply have budget constrictions, are now actually able to take advantage of the fact that they don't need to always give direct dollars over to those families. They can take really good care of those employees. And then now those families are not going to be hurt by the employee having a plan for them, employee only. Now those families can go over and look at other options on the exchange. Another reason why this is great is you're actually allowed to supply support to those families and information on helping them to know that they have new options potentially on the individual marketplace, again, the exchange. And we love the way that ICRA tightens up the budget for employers, provides new options for employees, and then the family glitch fix opens up the whole opportunity on the other side to make sure they have coverage as well. And if I could, I would like to give an example of how that is applied in practicality. 
especially here in Model Health, where we do provide that white glove service. We help with the front end of consulting with the employer and the broker to, to craft a great plan design and a great ICRA strategy. And then when that's implemented, so employers, they're wanting to attract and retain and also meet the mandate and keep it within their budget. So if you had a family, let's say the mother worked at company XYZ and she has three children, you want to help her provide benefits for her and her children, but do it within your budget and also make sure you're giving her affordable coverage to meet your mandate. So what you could do there is actually give her just for her only an uh, what we'll call a reimbursement or allowance, say $300, and she can find a plan for her with that $300 that fits her needs, but not offer anything for her children. Now her children and remodel health we have in-house advisors that would work with that employee. And so what now her children are eligible to go out to the marketplace and get a plan for them on the exchange with subsidy tax dollars, advanced premium tax credits, subsidies, the whole nine yards. And so what that ends up looking like is the mom ends up getting a plan. She has $300. She shops, she finds a plan for $450. It's $150 a month out of her paycheck. And on average... The rest of the family nationwide on average gets a plan for $25 after tax credits. So mom's kids are now covered for around $25 with a really nice plan on the exchange with subsidies where their average co-pays are like $5 and their deductibles go down to around $500 for the children. So it actually works really well in practicality, but you have to make sure you have a team and that's where we provide the white glove and each person has an advisor to walk them through that and make sure they're leveraging all the potential options that they have available to them. So if folks are interested in learning more about Remodel Health and the work that you're doing, how can they learn more? If any of the brokers that are listening today want to learn more about Remodel Health, they can go to remodelhealth.com slash NABIP, remodelhealth.com slash NABIP. And we would love to help these brokers do two things. First is just to learn more. We've got tons of resources, webinars. We actually have our own podcast on there, just learning more about everything to do with ICRA. So we want them to learn, but we also want them to serve. We want them to serve their clients better than ever. And we'd love to serve alongside them. So learn and serve at remodelhealth.com slash NABIP. It is now time for the NABIP Healthcare Happy Hour Toast of the Week. So who are we toasting to this week? This week, the Toast of the Week goes to all of the brokers out there who are embracing innovative strategies and solutions to make sure their clients and all of their employees and their families are served better than ever. Cheers! Thank you for joining us for NABIP's Healthcare Happy Hour the official podcast of the National Association of Benefits and Insurance Professionals. For more information on NABIP's government affairs efforts or to become a member, visit nabip.org.